You're listening to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay Area of Houston. Welcome back to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. My name is Tanner Smith. I'm your host today. I'm joined by my friends and a married couple. (laughs) This is beautiful. Um, Aaron and Rachel Chester. I'm so thrilled to have you guys on the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. Thanks for being here. Glad to be here. Thanks, Tanner. Yeah, thank you. I don't think, I think this is a first for me. This is a first (laughs) for me to host a married couple on on our podcast. Is it really? I think so. Yeah. I was it's gonna on be it. awesome. I think it will be. You're gonna love I'm, it. I'm secretly hoping you guys get into an argument on camera. That well, would we be are like, talking about anger, so maybe we. Just I think. Should. I think if not, we should stage it. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I've been on it with my wife, and but I've never hosted another married couple. So this is gonna be We're fun. Glad to fun be stuff. Now I just Your feel first, like this yeah. has to be really good. I'm gonna try to yeah. sow seeds of discord along the way. It's gonna be awesome. Uh, okay, so we're here's what we're doing in this season of the podcast is we're taking a closer look at texts that we've been studying on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night. So right now as a church, we're going through the book of Second Peter and um, calling it Strong and Faithful, uh, kind of instructions to the church on how to be strong and faithful followers of Jesus together. And so most recently, we just looked at Second Peter chapter two, mm-hmm. um, which is a really full mm-hmm. chapter. Yeah. I mean, there's so much there, so much to unpack. Our teaching team is doing a fantastic job of unpacking this book. Um, but this is a kind of a challenging one in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I think one of the challenges about this uh, chapter in, in particular, as I'm reading it, is I, I almost think if you if you read this in a certain tone, you could almost hear like an angry street preacher with mm-hmm. his Bible in the air, standing on a box, like just screaming this at people. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever experienced something like that. I have seen it. You guys have been in yeah. Austin before. I like have. there are people yes. on, you know, on 6th Street who are just like going for it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, I think that like th- there's the, the proclivity for somebody to read this, this passage in particular and be like, wow, why is this so angry at, mm-hmm. towards these people, right. you know? Um, if you haven't read it at this point, this would be maybe a good time to pause, but we're also going to read a chunk of it here in just a second. Uh, but I think it, 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 depending on your own view of who God is, it can, passages like this can kind of come off like, oh, wow, God is an angry person. Yeah. Uh, in fact, you've heard, we've all heard a lot of people say like, man, the God of the Old Testament, you know, is such an angry God. Yeah. Or So it brings up questions about um, God's volatile nature or his emotion, or is he just this angry, vengeful, spiteful person? And mm-hmm. um, so... What I'd like to do today is, even though it's not the kind of the main point of this text, they unpacked that for us on, on in our services, but just kind of take that idea, the judgment, um, the wrath of God, so to speak, as kind of a doctrine, and unpack that a little mm-hmm. bit. So can we do that? Sounds good. Okay. First, let's start by just reading a section of that, especially for maybe those that need to catch up on it. Yeah. yeah. And it would be good for us too. Okay. So would one of you all mind reading that section? I will. Do you have a box for me to stand on so I can yes, scream and it? Yes, scream and really it as loud. No. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I'll just read it in normal voice. How about that? I, I cannot actually <laughs> physically imagine you screaming. So <laughs> like the nicest person I've ever met. Um, oh, that's so great. Do you see how my wife that's laughed? Really nice that? Yeah, that's really nice to be here with him. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, this is great. The, it's already working. This board is happening. Okay, here we go. Oh, uh, wait, wait. What, what, what section are you going to read, though? Uh, I'm going to read Second Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. Love it. Let's go for it. Great. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment, 
if he did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a herald of righteousness with seven others, when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly, if by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes, he condemned them to extinction, making them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly. And if he rescued righteous Lot, greatly distressed by the sensual conduct of the wicked, for as that righteous man lived among them day after day, he was tormenting his righteous soul over their lawless deeds that he saw and heard. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment, and especially those who indulge in the lust of defiling passion and despise authority. Mm. Wow. So I think um, to me what's helpful about this conversation too is, um, like you mentioned, there, there is this sort of like cultural idea sometimes that like, you know, Christians and their God yep. are just angry. Yeah. They're just a little crazy, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, there's one of my favorite quotes. I'm going to read it um, because it's by like a really famous atheist, <coughs> excuse me, Richard Dawkins. And he says, the God of the Old Testament is arguably the most unpleasant character in all fiction, mm. right? This is an oh, atheist man. talking. Jealous and proud of it. A petty, unjust, unforgiving control freak, a vindictive, bloodthirsty, ethnic cleanser sadomasochistic, capriciously malevolent bully. That's not wow. even the whole quote. Wow. Man. But, and it's right, he's purposely yeah. trying to argue for this, but I, I think that's like one end of the spectrum sure. of how people see the God of the Bible. Yeah. And then there's also the other end of the spectrum. And it's just this, God is just this always affirming yeah. Santa Claus, friendly guy right. in the sky. <laughs> yeah. um, and we sort of like have both of those in our culture. Yeah. And then you get to a verse like this and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Like if you're on that side of it, because really neither one of those are biblical, right? right? Neither one of those actually uh, show us or describe who God really is. Yeah. And so I think it's really helpful to have this conversation. Yes, absolutely. No matter where you are. Well, one of the questions I have in that is, is there really, and we can talk about this a little bit now, or if you want to press into it later, but like, is there really this dividing line between the 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 angry right. God of the Old Testament? That's kind of what he's describing. Yeah, that's what Dawkins says. And yeah. then what a lot of people think of as, you know, the the peaceful, mild-mannered Jesus who's, like, tolerant of everybody and welcomes everyone and, like, right. is just super easygoing. Is that a thing? Is that line a thing? It, uh, no. It's a thing that people have tried to do uh, since, really, the earliest days of the yeah. church, uh, Marcion being one of the first uh, great uh, heretics uh, because he actually did that thing. And hmm. so he said, I don't want the God of the Old Testament. And so he kind of divided up. Even the New Testament took the passage he liked yeah. and... Um, you can't yeah. do that. Yeah. I mean, that's actually, I mean, Christianity is the fulfillment of Judaism. Yeah. The New Testament is the, the fulfillment of the promises in the Old Testament. The, yeah. the, the culmination of the story of a good creator who would save the world through Israel. Hmm. And so anytime we try to make that line, I mean, we're falling, I mean, we're, we're tearing the scriptures apart yeah. at some place. So, so what, you're, you're kind of take, you're, you're taking us down this kind of a, a bigger picture of, yeah. of a biblical theology of this, right? Get, like zooming out. Well, I think even before we do that, and I, and I definitely want to do that, I think it's really important to sort of um, hit that we're not just not doing justice to Scripture. Yeah. We're actually, like, taking pieces of who God is. Gotcha. You know, like, yeah, sure. it's not a true picture of who, who God is, right? right? When we, because really, like, what, what Marcion was doing, and I love that because that's, like, this person that if you've studied 
you know, church history or theology, you know, but we all do theology yeah, because people do that all the time. Right. right. I mean, he's an atheist and he's still doing it. Um, but, but God is unchanging. Mm. God is who he is. And so, so really when, when we think, even if we don't recognize we're, that we're doing it, that God, Old Testament is different than God, the New Testament, what we're yeah. really saying is God changes. Right. And so you have to start with really understanding, like, this is really about who God is. Yeah. And can yeah. he really be good. trusted? So sort of the foundational attribute there is immutability, right? Which is the unchangingness of God. Yeah. Like, yeah. He is not some, yesterday is this guy, but now, oh, after... A certain amount of time or because Jesus came into the world now, he, he, he looks or feels or acts differently. Yeah. Right. What you're saying is that's kind of the, that's the foundation we need to lay doctrinally yeah. in order to yeah. move forward from this. And, yeah. you know, like, and we're going to go into it, but I mean, you know, the God of the New Testament, they're saying Jesus, Jesus is the God of love. Yeah. Well, you can look through it and see that he talks about judgment and wrath mm. and hell, like arguably more than the Old Testament. Interesting. I mean, we just opened up second Peter and we saw it's there. Yeah. It's there. Yeah. Right. That's, that's really what we're focused on because it's the end is coming and here's mm. how, how, how God's taking care of it. Um, but also we read in the new Testament that Jesus is the exact image yeah. of the father. Right. So when we see Jesus, we see the father, mm. they're, they're the same in essence. And so, um, we have to just sort of start there. What, whoever Jesus is, is who the father is, whoever the father is, that's who Jesus is. And God's unchanging. That's so. so helpful. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great place for us to kind of kick this off. I love that. Yeah. So from there, can, can we kind of take a, a biblical theological perspective? Let's zoom out. Yeah. I, explain to me the, the immutability of God, the way that his wrath or his justice are seen throughout the, the narrative of the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Help me with that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the, the first thing we'd want to say is, um, uh, I think this is, helpful is that when we're talking about God's wrath, it is a response mm. to sin. Yeah. And sin is, is an expression of evil in God's good world. Yeah. And so um, when we talk about the immu- immu- immutability of God, immutability of God, um, we are not saying his wrath is eternal. Yeah. His justice is eternal. Yeah. Okay. And so it's expressed, his justice is expressed through wrath in time. But that's helpful. The idea that God is eternally angry um, which would mean forever in the past. But yeah. Then also when we're talking about we want to get to the new heavens and new earth, that he would be just angry there. And mm. so you, so you think, well, what makes God angry? And that's really where the, the conversation begins in terms of avoiding this this caricature of this, like I said, this kind of vengeful, angry God who can just fly off the handle at any point, like Dawkins' quote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because when we zoom in, which we're doing, yeah. um, when we do that and we pull a doctrine something we believe in, and we pull it out of the biblical story, yeah. we isolate yeah. it, mm. that's when the caricature can really run rampant. That makes total um, sense. Yeah. And so when we have that doctrine in light of the biblical story, it doesn't become misshaped. It doesn't grow out of proportion. It, And actually, we see why it makes sense that mm-hmm. God has anger, and it's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. It's good news. So the context of Part that of is news. everything. The context of his anger or yeah. his wrath is, is super helpful for us. So yeah. what is that? You mentioned yeah. God's justice. I think like, I just want to say like, that's really Im- important because yeah. like we said, you can cherry pick any verses and right. make God whoever he is. Um, but I just want to encourage people to, um, you know, th- this is, this is why at, at our church, we, we really do emphasize and try to give resources for, for really studying the Bible, being yeah. in the word 
and and studying it so we understand it. Yeah, because right. um, it's not just people like Richard Dawkins who are opposed to Christianity to do that. We just we can sometimes do that too. For sure. If we're not actually reading the context, and it, and then it can be really confusing. So you're saying we develop our own ideas of God based on individual attributes mm-hmm. that we kind of solo out mm-hmm. instead of Our looking verses. at the, yeah, yeah. the big picture of yeah. biblical theology. There, because there are a lot of verses yeah. in the Old Testament that talk about anger, yep. and there are mm-hmm. in the New Testament. And so if you just... But there's plenty about mercy and his steadfast love yeah. in the Old Testament to all... I and mean, it really is yeah. cohesive. Like the yeah. biblical story is cohesive. Yeah. The Bible is cohesive. Just like God's character is mm. cohesive and perfect and true. I guess that's hard to understand because those attributes seem almost like they're in conflict with each other. Mm -hmm. Like they seem contradictory Mm -hmm. to each other. So how do those attributes play off of each other? God's mercy and grace and yet his justice and judgment. Like how do those things connect? Well, it's a fantastic question. Um, And again, it's the context of a good world. Yeah. Right. That was initiated, that was started from God's own desire okay. for creatures to share in his own way of life. Yeah. The way that he always is. He's a community of life, light, and love. Yeah. Right? He, how he is, how he always is, is perfect goodness. Hmm. And he created us to, and this is, you know, the way we would see it in Genesis 1, but it's how Peter talks about it in Second Peter, is to participate in the divine nature yeah. or partake of the divine life. And so that that's not meant to be abstract. That's really very concrete, like, how we live is uh, mirroring or reflecting or copying the very way God's life is. Mm. And so that's the world that's set up in Genesis 1. Uh, Humans together with God, God with humans in in the fullness. And then we're going to move forward out of that, but then evil comes. Yeah. And then, which we had the opportunity to live in the fullness of God, in the fullness of goodness, but we chose to go ahead and eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil yep. and brought evil into this world. And that's where anger comes in. Yeah. That's where God's judgment and wrath comes in. It's a response to, hey, this is a good world and yeah. you have corrupted, distorted, harmed, and you know, yeah. brought death in ultimately. So you're saying even in the in the beginning or before we have the in the beginning, before mm-hmm. even our yeah, creation, right. God existed as a just God. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that justice is what caused him to have righteous indignation or righteous anger, righteous yeah. judgment yeah. towards humanity's decision to yeah. let evil in. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a good yeah, God. Yeah. He's a good God. And whenever whenever sin was introduced by us into yeah. the world, um, there has to be a response to it because he's good. Yeah. You know, and so I think this is hard because it's like we, God can be painted as right. bad yeah. because of wrath, but in fact, his wrath overflows from his goodness. Hmm. It's a necessary response because he's good. Yeah. He has to be opposed to evil right. and sin. He, he must be. And really, if you try to think about a world in which he wasn't, it's terrifying. Yeah. Oh, man. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's it terrifying to think if God wasn't opposed to evil, yeah. um, what this would look like. I mean, be hopeless, right? So That's kind of interesting. Yeah, I was to say, that's what we just talked about, hope, and being yeah. a people of hope. And it's like... but. But it's not a generic hope, and, right. and you know we did a great job in those uh, in our celebration talking about that hope isn't just uh, wishful thinking. It's right. like it is this certain reality that God's going to restore the goodness, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then we get to share in it yeah. um, for those that that follow. Yeah, for uh, sure. Jesus. It's interesting to me because uh, I'm watching through some of the Avengers movies right now mm-hmm. for the first time. Some ones that I haven't seen. I'm watching through with my kids, and just 
you know, every, the theme of every single yes. one of those movies is judgment on evil. I mean, that yes. it's true. Yeah. Like, and we see those guys as the heroes, the ones who execute justice yeah. right. for the oppressed, for the, you know, the marginalized, mm-hmm. for those who cannot defend themselves. They are the event, the, the Avengers, yeah. the defenders, you know, you we recognize see that as good. evil too. Yeah. You know, like calling out evil for what it is. Right. Yeah. No, that's super helpful. Okay. So we talked about kind of creation in the fall. Let's kind of move down the line a little mm-hmm. bit and, yeah. and keep looking at a biblical theology of, of God's justice expressed through his anger and his judgment. Mm-hmm. What's yeah. another example of that in the scriptures? Well, I mean, you know, actually it's helpful to realize that the first thing that God does is promise salvation through judgment. Yeah. Right. And so you know, we want salvation, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we, uh, we are thankful. Uh, we sing praise to God because he has saved us, rescued us, and he, and that salvation will reach its culmination in the new heavens and new earth. Yeah. But it comes through judgment. It's yeah. not apart from judgment. And so in, uh, like Rachel said that, that we chose humanity, but we were deceived by some agent of evil, mm. Satan. And God speaks to him in Genesis three fifteen and says that Someone is going to come, born of a woman, is going to crush your head. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that is a, um, you know, that's the ultimate defeat of evil. It's that, you know, you don't maybe know that's how it is, but yeah. when you see the rest of the canon, that, that unfolds. Um, but the point there is it was always salvation through yeah. judgment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And the judgment being, because if he's crushing the head of the one who has deceived us, he's saying, I'm eliminating evil yeah. in that. So, um, and to tie that to the bigger story. I mean, the church early on called that the first gospel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, which is no surprise that when we get to Romans one and Paul says that, um, the gospel is the power of salvation for all who believe mm. he walks through how the, that wrath is being revealed in the present time in the rest of Romans one. And he picks up in Romans two sixteen. he says, um, that the wrath, uh, I'm sorry, that the gospel that he is proclaiming includes God's judgment of the secrets of men on wow. that final day. And yeah. so, so gospel and judgment are not, yeah. you know, separable either yeah. Yeah. entirely. So I think um, if, if you even just think about our, our own justice system, yeah. that maybe is helpful because a lot of times when we're in our Christian context, yeah. our church context, when we hear justice, uh, we only think in terms of punishment, yeah. in terms of you know wh- whatever's punitive. Yeah. Um, but justice is punitive and restorative. Okay. Those two things go together, and they yeah. go together in the Bible too. So just God's justness, His goodness, That's does awesome. require punishment. It yeah. also is leading us to restoration. Hmm. Right, it's yeah, it's amazing. not punishment in and of itself. It's to restore the goodness of what He always intended. Yeah. And so we have to hold those two things together. I feel like that also gives more, so much more helpful context to a lot of the stories in the Old Testament mm-hmm. that you see as just like, you know, God, you know, uh, laying down the hammer on a, on a group of people. And you're uh-huh. like, oh, that seems unrighteous, unjust. But it, it makes a lot more sense in that context in terms of God actually fulfilling his promise to restore what was once yes. good. Yeah, absolutely. It is. There's the there's the context of these really were evil things happening, yeah, yeah. you know, or he really wasn't a covenant with people and they rebelled from him, right? Yeah. It's always human choice again yeah. that leads to this. It's not. I think w- one more thing about that, like this can be hard concept if you have like an angry parent. Sure. Um, you know, we can think of this as like 
you know, I've, if you've seen Inside Out, mm-hmm. um, the little red guy, anger, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. he's 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 angry. He's a toddler, like so angry about about broccoli yeah. or yeah. whatever it is. It is irrational, right? Um, and so this that can be hard for us too, especially if we've had a parent like that. Yeah. Um, but God's anger is good and just, like we're saying, it's also measured and patient. Yeah. Right. It's patient yeah. anger. That's it's not it's not vindictive and it's not quick too and so and it's and it's always based off of this this sin this yeah. brokenness that that happened like Aaron said in the very beginning and keeps happening over and over and over yeah let me pick up just yeah, another verse right it. in that that Romans 1 to 2 uh passage yeah. uh, chapter 2 verse 4 um he's just talked about how the wrath of God is revealed currently in the world mm mm-hmm. And he and three times in the latter part of Romans chapter one, he says that God gave them up to their desires. Yeah, and and these are not good desires, right? Yeah. And so that's that mm-hmm. kind of tragic part of God's patience. Yep. And the exp- how God's anger is expressed is actually in allowing us just to do the things that we think that we want to do, yeah. Yeah. even wow. though they're not for our good. And again, God's calling everybody, like Rachel said. I mean, He wants everyone to be saved. That's that's Peter's language too. Yeah, but. Paul reaches that uh, the culmination of that uh, that logic, and he says, "Or do you presume on the riches of God's kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? Wow! But because of your hard and impenitent heart, impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath, when God's righteous judgment will be revealed." Yeah. And so. His, his patience is, I mean, there's still a chance. There's yeah. still time. Mm-hmm. There's still hope. But if you don't turn back from yeah. that. So that makes me think about, uh, and you can correct me if I'm wrong about this. I, I heard that the one of the most like quoted parts of the Bible, like so it's, it's written in the Bible, but then it's re-quoted throughout the Bible is essentially God's introduction of himself. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, mm-hmm. slow to anger and abounding mm-hmm. in steadfast yeah. love and faithfulness. But then that goes on, that same quote, I've memorized the the cute part, like the sweet part, the happy part. That's right. But it goes on to express his judgment as well. Who, who, right. what is it? It's something like he, who will not. For generations. Yes. Yeah. He, yeah. Ex, yeah. Whatever. Expresses his judgment and his yeah. uh, justice for generations on, on yeah. evil. He will punish the wicked. Yeah. Yes. Evil. Yeah. That is the God's sort of like, you know, short form introduction of himself That's to right. people That's right. throughout the, but it includes both. It includes mm-hmm. the almost, um, what would seem to us again like a contradiction, but this oh, what's the word I'm looking for? We have two things that connect to each other. Oh, it's a great word. It's a long <laughs> word. I can't remember. Um, but this idea interconnected. Yes. <laughs> no. Well, that, that's a long word for yeah. me actually. Uh, no, but just the goodness and the mercy, but also the goodness in the justice of who God is yeah. connected. Yeah. Yeah. And, they're they're not they're not opposed to each other. Yeah. They're not juxtap juxtaposed. They're, that is the word I was looking they're, for, they're, juxtaposition. They're uh, integrated. It's always that happens at our house. Yeah. <laughs> they're, she, they're, who, they're, she they're always inti- comes up with it. Yeah. They're integrated and they're they're necessary, right? They they necessarily flow with each other. Yeah. Well, so the probably the best picture of that in the whole of the biblical account is found in the mm-hmm. cross, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that, about seeing God's mercy and yet also seeing his justice in the cross of Jesus. Yeah. Um, it is such an incredible reality yeah. um, because we're, here and we I'm are, we're talking about, yeah, I, I mean, we're talking about the crucified God, 
Um, and so when we talk about wrath, I mean, right, this is a heavy topic, yeah. right? This is yes. not, a, I mean, right, this is not fun. I mean, I, I joke that this, there's good news, but um, that heaviness is not something that he's just pressing mm-hmm. onto us. Mm-hmm. He so desperately wants to allow us to share in his way of life forever yeah. that he became human and suffered the consequence of that wrath and yeah. punishment in his own body that yeah. he took on. And so uh, it's not that he even suffered alongside of us. He yeah. bore the full brunt of it. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he drank from from the, the cup. cup of God's wrath, yeah. the yeah. full weight of God's mm-hmm. wrath. Yeah, and, you know, um, obviously that was, a, that was a willing choice. And mm. we see at the end of Jesus' life, he, he was uh, afraid, Yeah. right? But obedient, yeah. But obedient, and he and he did it, and and then you know Philippians two goes on to fill that out. That now at um, the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every yeah. tongue confess yeah. that he is Lord. And so God has reestablished His mm-hmm. rule in the world through yeah. the faithful human, wow. which was always the point right. that humans would be faithful to God and walk with Him. And now we have a faithful human mm. that is the center of praise and worship um, and, and is leading us out of the darkness and back into the light. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's, it, it's sort of easy to tell everybody you, you can't separate um, love and, and justice, right? Yeah. You can't separate love from wrath because they, they have to go together and goodness, right? All, all of this is who God is, but, but you see it, you yeah. see it so clearly in the cross. Right. Right, it's the it's judgment, it's wrath, it's love, and that's what it looks like. Yeah, and it's it's really the the it's the climax of the biblical mm. story that Aaron was talking about, and it's what we hope in, and that's where everything that's where everything rests. Yeah, it's so fa- fascinating because you mentioned earlier Jesus being the image of the invisible God, mm. and even His act of sacrificial love on the cross is the image yes. of that's both God's God mercy and God's justice together the the place that they meet mm-hmm. is at the cross and that's yeah. our invitation to eternal life is right there yeah. um which is just mind-blowing yeah so that and it, this, yeah. i love what rachel did because we talk about scriptures and she said actually but it's it's the character of god and in mm-hmm. romans 3 i think 25 or 26 i mean so that he could mm-hmm. be both just and the justifier yeah. of those who have faith in jesus yeah. so it i mean he maintains his justice and his ability to forgive, mm. but only that is uh, inseparable in the in the person of Jesus. Jesus you yeah. know, wow. so so okay. Taking that, we have we have zoomed out, yeah. which is it's been a, just such a journey and a beautiful journey to just talk about this. But let's let's put now all that stuff we just took and and kind of bring it back for a moment to Second Peter because I think what's interesting about this passage is um, all the, the the judgment that's being talked about in Second Peter chapter two is on false prophets or false teachers who come into the church to deceive mm. the people of God. That's yeah. essentially what Peter's saying. He's saying these these people are going to come in, they're going to teach you a false doctrine of live however you want, like that live in freedom, walk in freedom. Mm. But this freedom is not actually freedom. Mm. This freedom is destructive. Yeah. <laughs> and so I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast, you can almost read that like the, an angry street preacher. Um, but as I started to, as I read it a few times, I started to actually get, and maybe you'll appreciate this, almost more of like a maternal, like protection, you know, Mm -hmm. in the same sense of, you know, uh, if uh, 
literally someone was coming to try to deceive your child, you know, to trick your child like into something that's perverse and just the kind of anger that you would be filled up with, with just righteous anger Mm -hmm. of like, get away from my kid. Like, no, you will not. Yeah. Um, just that, I know it's kind of like maybe a little bit graphic. No, it's but great. I mean, it's, it's the imagery. That's, that, that's that the, helps. Pa- the pastoral heart of Peter in this passage is to say like, if that's my own heart for the people of this church is to say, when people come in and try to deceive you with destructive heresies, I literally am saying, first of all, stay away from those people. Yeah. You get away from my, the people of my church. And then secondly, God ultimately is going to have the final word in the, in the judgment of those who would lead mm-hmm. them astray like that. Yeah. And Jesus even spoke that kind of language when he said, it's better, you know, than to lead one of these little ones away. It's better yeah. for you to tie a millstone around your neck and jump into the heart of the sea. Like there's yeah. strong language yeah. around those who would try to deceive God's people. Yeah. So maybe just talk about that for a second from the perspective of Peter, how he, how is he viewing, you know, God's love, God's mercy, and also God's just justice and judgment, even maybe specifically like in this book. Yeah, I think um, I think it's a, a great illustration or a great image that you offer because that really is it. I mean, this is this is protective, and mm-hmm. so when we think about oh, he's just angry, he's just like mad. No, no, he really if it's not being if he's not judging someone and someone else can witness that or yeah. see it, it's like man, that is a warning. It is a chance for you to again turn yeah. back to and and you know I'd like to pick up the language in Second Peter um, the, what the false prophets were producing yeah. was people was turning people away from the way of truth. Uh, the way of righteousness, mm-hmm. uh, and he talks about uh, the way that is right. I mean, yeah. all of that is right there. And the early followers of Jesus in, in the latter half of the book of Acts were called followers of the way, right? Right. And again, that's just that's not a, just some random, arbitrary new way. It's yeah. it's harking back to that the way from the beginning yeah. of God's eternal the life. And God. and so we we see that like three times. He's like they're they're being deceived and they're turning. A, away from the way of yep. truth. And so it is uh, it is protective. I and mean, come back to where it's, what's good. Well, come back to what real life is. Yes. That's, I think also what's helpful about that is I think sometimes when we think about the wrath of God or judgment, uh, we think it only, only in terms of death, right? Yeah. Um, but you guys have both talked about how, how we are created for something. This is a way of life. Yeah. And, and really how, how the Bible talks about the wrath of God very often is then he, he, he handed them over. He gave them over, right. so, whether it's enemies or their own selfish desires, like you yeah. said. And so that's also, it's ultimately, it's ultimately death, but yeah. it's also this spiritual death in life. Mm-hmm. Like he, he, he gives us, that's how his wrath is revealed, yeah. you know? And so it's also thinking through the fact that like, so we see on the cross that he, he took upon, you know, punishment and death, but it's unto something, it's yeah. unto new life. And yeah. that's what we're able to live into. It's not just that, okay, we don't have to die, which is sometimes all, all we think about, but yeah. we, but we live a resurrected life even now, yeah, right? Good. We have his spirit. Sure. And so we're protected from that form of God's wrath too. We're his. Yeah. So we're we're judged in Christ. Yeah. So we we will not die, and also we we already live a new life yeah. by His Spirit. Yeah. So that's great. Well, and I think it's helpful uh, to consider the fact that in the in these texts, God's judgment is coming upon people who that's the path that they've chosen. Yeah. Like it's not like a sneak attack. Yeah. It's like this is. Um, a willful disobedience, a willful disobedience of mm-hmm. saying like, I don't want anything to do with the kingdom of God. Yeah. I want something to do with the kingdom of darkness. And yeah. God's saying, okay, I have told you time and time again that that leads to nothing but destruction. Yeah, I do not want that for you. Yeah, 
But at some point, you know, even Peter, I think in the next chapter, is talking about the return of Christ. Like Christ, everybody's like, well, he, I guess he's never coming, like yeah. in chapter three. I guess he, he's, he's not actually, there's not actually going to be a resurrection. There's not actually going to be a final judgment. And Peter's saying, you understand that like God is graciously mm-hmm. waiting yeah. for you, graciously waiting for you to turn, graciously waiting for you to repent so that you might experience that life. Like even yeah. God's delay of his mm-hmm. return is out of a merciful, gracious patience. Mm, yeah. Um, and his judgment is out of a kind of a, this is what you wanted. Yeah. Y- yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. It's, it's always choice from the beginning all the way to the end. Yeah. It is the human rebellion and, and choice to not to to lead their own lives mm. and not and not follow God. Yeah, you know. I, I think I mean I, I love how you just said that, and I think you know for people in the church who have come to faith yeah. in Jesus, um, but we still maybe struggle with sin uh, yeah. as we yeah. are growing into the image of Christ yeah. by the power of the Spirit. Notice the difference that they're talking about. This isn't somebody who's struggling, but coming back to mm-hmm. God and right. asking for forgiveness in prayer. Being a part of a small group, uh, worshiping, you know, learning to live the new life, yeah. but struggling be- with patterns that they maybe, you know, that reflect a long, uh, maybe decades of life yeah. apart from God, and they have to relearn, right, and be reshaped or reformed in, yeah. into God's image. That's not what we're seeing here. These yeah. are people that are actively, intentionally uh, living against God and yeah. then leading people yes. in yeah. that. And so, Willful again, disobedience. and that's not, you know, we don't, we're not making light of sin in the church or in, in God's people, no. but, but we do For sure. have to make that distinction. Just yeah, there's no condemnation if you're in Christ. Yeah. Amen. There's not. And so really when we talk about the cross, like that's where we see God's love yeah. and mercy and justice all together. And, and that's where we have confidence, right? Yeah. That's where we see it all come together. And that's where we have confidence too, that we are, you know, we're, we're free from that. Yeah, that's good. Well, you just mentioned it a second ago in terms of like what this looks like for people in our church. I think I always want to end these podcasts with some type of, I mean, it's really great for us to talk about this. It's helpful for us to expand our understanding on the Mm -hmm. person of God. I always want to ask the question of Mm -hmm. like, okay, what does this kind of look like in in our daily life? You know, aside from just adjusting our belief, which is helpful, but how does that make its way down into our behaviors? And so, uh, you know, from in daily life, how does understanding the the mercy and the wrath of God, the the, uh, justice, and even at some points, the anger of God, like how does that affect the way that we see the world, the way that we live, the way that we speak, all that? I think, you know, Aaron mentioned how we're, we're created to be in relationship with God yeah. and to bear his image. And then also we're being conformed to the image of Christ. And so if we know who God is, if we understand his character, um, it helps us to know what we're supposed to be like. Mm. Because we're supposed to, right, we embody the gospel. We're supposed to be conformed into Christ. And so yeah. we're supposed to show the world this is the character of God, right? Yeah. It's a high calling, but it's real. Mm. Um, and we do that by the Spirit. So I think um, part of this is is recognizing that we should call evil, evil. Yep. You know, we should, when we see evil in the world, um, we should call it what it, what it is. And what I don't mean is yeah. that we're like behind a computer screen, just like being judgy, oh, right? Like, mm. like we, yeah. we want to submit to, um, to the judgment of God, right? Yep. He, he is the judge. Uh, we're to display his character. Yep. And so, you know, when we, when we see what's going on in the world, we see, you know, babies being killed yeah. or we see, you know, devastating war. Um, as a people of God, we should say that's evil and it grieves us and it angers us. Yeah. 
but we should also, before we talk about other people, we should, we should look inside ourselves, right? We should always first acknowledge that, that we are sinful people. And so we deserved the wrath of God and we deserve judgment. And yet because of the cross, Mm -hmm. um, we have no condemnation. So we're, we're free from that judgment, but start there. And then I think we, we walk humbly with God. So we do it in kindness, uh, with mercy. That's what we're called to be. So that's good. Anything to add to that? Yeah, no, not much. That was that was great. I mean, I would just say that just a reminder that life from the beginning is, <coughs> is a gift, and yeah. so you know to honor God and the gift that He's given us, we mm. we do want to steward our, our lives well, and that that is that's reflected in in that process that Rachel talked about, just of holiness, and that yep. really small choices matter, and, and we don't have to be crippled, you know, by every choice, but we're really trying to honor God with our lives so that, um, Mm -hmm. one that we experience his presence in a way that is wonderful, you know I mean? But also so that through us, then others can, can see that too. So, well, I think along those lines, just to bring it back to how, how we started, just, this is sometimes a hard conversation culturally to have. We don't want to have it necessarily. Um, I just would want to, I think we should all be encouraged, um, to not be afraid of it, to not be afraid of, of talking about, judgment and justice yeah. because it's real. Yeah. And not only is it real because we see it in the Bible, but it's also something that that all of our hearts cry out for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, N.T. Wright, who, who we both appreciate a lot, he calls uh, justice a broken signpost hmm. that leads you to the gospel. Yeah. Um, and that's because when we see evil, we cry out for it yeah. to be made right. Yeah for there to be justice. We know there's bad and evil and we want it to be made right. And so I think, um, don't be afraid of this conversation. Remember that, 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 that Christianity, that the Bible, that in Christ we have the only response. Yeah. We Mm. have the real answer. Mm. So it's, it's a gift. Like, don't be afraid of it. Yeah, no, that's really helpful. And I, I mean, like you're saying, that is a, it's a universal desire. Yeah. Like we share that with all of humanity. When you see, when people see atrocities in the news, they say like, that is not right. Mm -hmm. That's the reason people march. That's the reason that people protest. It's because like we want to see justice take place. And so I think finding ways to connect with people on like, no, this is, it's actually a godly desire that he's put in you Mm -hmm. to, to want and to seek justice. And so helping people see through that lens will help them see the character of God. Two things that kind of stood out to me. <laughs> one is just the way that I, I parent. Like um, you're talking about, you know, uh, you said that judgment is not always meant to be only impunitive. You, you said mm-hmm. it was also supposed to be restorative. Mm-hmm. I think that's what you said. Mm-hmm. It's so helpful for me, even just in terms of like the way I would maybe discipline my kids. Mm-hmm. It's like if I see injustice in the way my children behave to one another or toward my wife or something like to say like this is your this is your um punishment for that mm. but to have the picture of restoration as well is yeah. like really helpful just in terms of mirroring god's character mm-hmm. uh in the way that uh, mm-hmm. we parent and then yeah i think just uh what what you're saying in terms of convert this is the other thing that kind of speaks to me conversations with people outside of the faith who this is a hang up for them mm-hmm. is to help them see the love and the mercy of God through the justice mm-hmm. of God yeah. uh, would be probably my it's two takeaways. You know, we, I mean, y'all are saying we just talked about how we're a people of hope. Yep. This is a hopeful yeah. conversation. This is really what what we ultimately hope in. Yep. Is the goodness and the justice and the mercy of God. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's we should proclaim it. That's good. Yeah. 
Well, man, this has been incredibly helpful for me. Uh, I hope it's, I know it's been helpful for our listeners. Um, as always, if you're listening to this or watching it, feel free to share it with people. It's one of the ways I think that we can continue to cast hope as a people of hope is by even just sharing some of the resources that we have uh, here through Clear Creek Community Church. I'm thankful for the ministry that both of you guys contribute to in our church and also in our community. I kind of failed to mention that part up top. No, you no. serve as an elder at our 528 campus and you serve by lead, heading up Clear Creek Resources. Both of those incredible ways that you help shepherd and lead our church in a, in a serious capacity that I respect from both of you. Just, I respect you both an incredible amount. So right back at you, buddy. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you. For saying thank you for the work that you do. Yeah. Thankful above what you do. Thankful for the people that you are. Um, people like you make a significant impact in the lives of the people of our church. And so I'm thankful for you. Yeah. That's, uh, right. that's yes. it for us today. We'll see you next time or listen to speak to you next time. <laughs> if you're listening to this on Clear Creek Resources, thanks so much for joining us. We'll catch you later. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope this conversation was helpful. If you want to watch a video of this podcast or share it with a friend, you can find it at clearcreekresources.org, where you can also find articles, music, and a lot more. Again, thanks for joining the Clear Creek Resources podcast. See you next time.